Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Matt Scullion is a golden guitar winning songwriter with 25, amazingly, 25 number one songs to his credit, but he's also a singer. So he sings some of those songs. His latest album is Aussie As Volume 2, and Aussie As Volume 1 was clearly so successful he needed a follow-up. On uh, Volume 2, there is a song called From the Ashes, which he has written and recorded with Cole Finley, and that's the reason for our conversation today. Hi, Matt. Hey, Sophie, how you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, and yes, given how many songs you've written, I was actually somewhat surprised to learn that the original spark from From the Ashes did not come from you. It came from Cole. It came from Cole, it certainly did. Cole and I both used to live in Tamworth many years ago and we used to run into each other all the time. Either I'd be playing a show or he'd be playing a show and we, we just run into, and we always talked about writing with each other, always. Whenever we caught up, the very first thing we ever said was, We've got to write a song together because we both really respect what each other does. Anyway, so it took about 20 years for that to happen. On and off, on and off. But anyway, so Cole rings me up. Cole rings me up in um, very late 2019, early 2020, when the the Black Summer Fires were right in the middle of their their ferocity, you know. Um, And uh, he said, mate, I, I really want to write a song about what's going on at the moment. He said, it's, it's really close to me. The fires at the moment are devastating like Kinzola. I said, it's funny to say that. I said, I'm from Aladala and I grew up in, down near Lake Kinzola, you know. I was there all the time. And he said, well, I used to go there as a kid all the time too. Um, and he said, I've got this idea. It's called From the Ashes. And as soon as he said the title, I went, I love it. I, I can already see it. I know, yeah, From the Ashes, we will. I love it, and I would have read it, and I'd love to write it with you. So um, over, um, over, uh, I think what we wrote, we wrote on Zoom or Skype or something like that, I can't remember. And, yeah, it took us probably three or four times to write the song, just getting together, tweaking it, getting it happening. We finally finished it, and we, we think, we're thinking, we've got, to, we've got to get this out. We've got to get this out. Um, and and um, I said, well, look, I'm doing an album. I said, I reckon I'll put it on my album. We can do it as a duet. He said, I'd love to do that. So anyway, we did that, and then we talked about putting it straight out, but but we both agreed that it would be better to leave it mm-hmm. because what From the Ashes is about, it's it's not just a celebration of all of the wonderfully brave people out there and, and, and the emergency services. It's also a song about resilience, Sophie, um, From the Ashes Will Rise, you know. You can see the green the green growing in the bushes two years later, you know, starting to come back. Well, that's what the people are like and the communities are like. So we thought the song would have more impact two years down the track. Right. And it's a responsibility, isn't it? When you're when you're writing a song about this subject matter, when you're performing it, I would imagine when you go into the studio, you feel quite a lot of that responsibility. Absolutely you do, especially when you're going to think, well, 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 any true story, any song that I write that is a true story, there's always a responsibility to get the facts right mm-hmm. and to get the emotion right and to have the music match music match the emotion of the story you're telling. There's always that responsibility. And I really feel that we that we did that, that we've done the song justice. And not only did Colin and I feel that because of the way it sounded, we've also the feedback we've got from people tells us that tells us that we've got it right. Mm-hmm. So now it's just up to people like yourself to spread the word. 
<laughs> so I'm interested when you said that you and Colin sort of gone back and forth for 20 years saying, oh, we've got to write together, we've got to write together, and then the spark of this song happened. For your, because you have written songs with so many people, Travis Collins, Amber Lawrence, Lee Koenig, and that's just to name a very few of them. Do those songs often start with someone coming to you with an idea or is it a mixture of things? Do you just sort of say, oh, today we're going to sit down and write and we'll just write whatever comes to us? A mixture of things. Usually if I'm writing with another artist, um, if I'm writing for myself, it's a different process, but if I'm writing with another artist, I like that idea to come from the artist right. because then even if even if they've only got a line, even if they've only got a line, uh, then at least the idea comes from them. When I'm writing with myself, it's it's I can do whatever I want because you know. But I'm but I'm emotionally attached to the idea. The thing, but the funny thing is, is when when I wrote Our Backyard with Amber Lawrence and Travis Collins, hmm. Travis had called me up and said, because um, I'd written with him a fair bit. He said, um, but he said just keep it to yourself. He said, but Amber and I listened to an album together and a tour together and. Um, we need a few more songs. Would you like to come out and do some co-writing? I'd love to. So we got out there and we really didn't have an idea about what we wanted to write. But Amber had just got just gotten back from Silverton, um, where she played out there, and she was um, she said, oh, "I had such a good time out there." And she, and she said, "It's such a beautiful, beautiful place." And that got us thinking then. Um, and if you li- listen to Our Backyard, there's nothing like a Silverton sunset. That's the opening line. Well, that's what we started with with the song. And that got us thinking then. It's funny how songs evolved. That got us thinking then, well, Australia is a beautiful place. We're all very well travelled. We've all travelled overseas and seen a lot. Um, maybe we could write a song about, look, it's beautiful out there, but it's not as beautiful as what we've got. Mm-hmm. So that's where that song came from. It's funny where songs start. You know, they, they start with enough. It helps if you start with a great idea. Yeah. But sometimes you don't always start with a great idea, but, but it evolves into a great idea. It's funny. It's different for every song. Yeah. Well, and and the, that particular writing trio worked so well that you came together again for a song on Amber's current album, from what I understand. Absolutely. Uh, little Diamond. Uh, I, I, I should remember the title, but it, it's a beautiful song about Amber's new boy. Yeah, it's, it's a lovely song, and and uh, yeah, yeah, that that was a beautiful song. But, but the funny thing is, without sounding, uh, you know, without sounding uh, dis- disrespectful or anything, you forget about songs because you, I write a lot of songs. So when I wrote that song with Amber, I mean, at the time that we wrote it, I loved it. I loved it. But then there's fifty songs in between that, hundred songs in between that, you know. And I just two years ago, whenever we wrote it. I've forgotten all about it. So then when she said, oh, uh, Matt, um, what's your publishing details? You know, oh, we're going to put this song on, on, on the album. I'd totally forgotten all about it. I thought, that's right. I wrote one. Oh, good. I've got a song on Amazon album, Beauty. I totally forgotten all about it. But that happened. But I think it's also a, a, a result of you being creative and productive so that you are just constantly writing songs. You're not hanging on to one particular song and saying, oh, look, here's my shiny jewel. For you, this is just a way of life writing songs. You can't, you can't. You've got to keep moving on. You've got to keep, and I, I actually do at the moment. I've just started doing online songwriting tuition. Right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just just, just basically with all levels of writers, you know, teaching, oh, you know, teaching younger writers um, who, who, who haven't had much experience at writing, teaching them how it all works and, 
And then older riders, maybe that have been doing it for a while, maybe they're stuck in a rut, you know. And 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 I often tell them, yeah, look, look, there's a fine line. You've got to hang on to a song until it's finished. You've got to you've got to keep writing and you and don't um, excuse me, don't settle. If you're not happy with a line, keep working on that line because if you if you if you record a song where you're not happy with a part of it, you will always be unhappy with it. And you'll probably end up hating it and not listening to it and never playing it live because of that one part that you didn't spend a bit more time on fixing. Um, but then at the same time, you can't, once you've got that shiny jewel, whatever it is, you've got to put that with the other shiny jewels yeah. and move on and keep progressing. But finish it first, then stick it in the cabinet and then hopefully something will happen with it, you know, and then, and then move on. So hopefully in the end, you've got a cabinet full of shiny jewels, if you know <laughs> what I mean. Yeah. I work with book writers is my job. And I, if I'm asked to give advice to writers, I often say that impatience is the biggest enemy of most writers. So just what you were talking about with, you know, you need to finish the song. Don't put it out if it's, if there's one thing that you're not happy with, because I see so many people just self-defeating by being impatient. They just think, oh, well, I've, I've finished this now. I just want to get it out. A lot of, a lot of inexperienced artists, singers are the same. They just want to get it out there. And I write them, like, don't be in such a rush. You're 19 years old. If you don't put it out till you're 20 or 21, does it matter? Does it, does it really matter? And, and, and I often also say, don't write to trends. Because as soon as, you, as soon as you write to that, you know, Luke Combs is the big thing right now, you know, and he's about to come to Australia. I mean, he's amazing. You, you, so you jump on that bandwagon, you start writing like that. In a year and a half time, a year and a half time, by the time you come out, He's already changed his style a little bit. He's moved on, and that and that sound that he had then is mm-hmm. now old. It's now something of the past, and so you're bringing something out that's dated. Yeah. <laughs> so same thing. Don't settle and don't and don't write to trends. Just just if you can, be influenced by what's out there, but also shut yourself off to the world and just be in your own little thing and write for what makes you happy and what makes you unique. And if yeah. you can find that, the really good singers in Australian country music have got their own unique thing going on. And that's a really hard thing to find. Sometimes you find that at an early age. Sometimes it takes years and years and years to find that, you know. It just depends, depends on the individual. But, but um, you're really not going to get too far in this business unless you – and it's the same in, in book world where you work. You're not going to mm. get anywhere. You might, you might have a little bit of success writing the coattails of other people, but it doesn't last very long. You really need to have that own individuality about yourself. So I imagine for you this interest in storytelling because that's what your songs are in particular. You you really tell stories in your songs. You're not just documenting a feeling for three verses and a chorus. Uh, what age did this begin, this interest? Um, 16. 16, not long after I'd left school. I didn't really know what I was going to do when I left school and I I, I had next-door neighbours that were musicians and real arty hippies and I was really influenced by them and, I used to go to their place all the time. But I was, a, I didn't know anything about songwriting, you know, but, but, but I knew that I loved it and I knew that um, it was a storytelling song that, that made the most sense to me, mm-hmm. the words. But it took me a long time, Sophie, to, to, uh, to really work out what a, what a song was. When I was at school, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but I, I, um, I actually fell off. I fell into music. I did. I really did. I was. I, I don't remember. I don't remember it still thinking I'm going to be a musician. I just don't remember that, you know. Um, but I did. I did fall into it, and 
the biggest thing that got me into writing was that I wasn't very good at, at working things out by ear. And when I started playing music, which was 30 years ago, where it was, we didn't have we didn't have the internet. So you couldn't, like you can these days, you can jump online and, and there's always someone on there that's showing you how to play some song. Well, they didn't have that back then. So you had to work everything out by ear. And I was lucky to join a band very early on when I started down the road. We all learnt together. So I'd been playing for like four months or something and all of a sudden I was in a band. We, were, we, we weren't very good, but we learnt together. So yeah. I got frustrated because I couldn't work things out. So I started writing. I just started making things up on the guitar because that was, and it just went from there. And then I was writing all the time. And, and I think the band I was in, the very first gig we ever did, I think we had something like 17 originals and 14 covers. Right. I, now, I'm not saying they were good, but it doesn't matter. We had all these songs and, and, and that sparked it. And I've pretty much been like that ever since, you know. And, but really, really learning how to, learning how to get into a song it's taken me a long time to really understand the way songs work. And um, it's different for everybody. Some people are, you know, some, look at look at someone like um, Blake Connor, right? Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing. I've, I've written with that young fella and um, he's, he's just got it. He's got it at an early age. Some people get it at an early age. Me, it just took me a bit longer. So everybody's different. Everybody's journey is different. Yeah. Well, it might have taken you a bit longer, but you have amassed an incredible body of work. Um, so clearly you have been <laughs> doing quite well for quite some time. Thank you. Well, that, that, all, that all pretty started, well, it really started to, to, to open up for me when the day that Lee Kernigan approached me and said, uh, mate, I love some of the songs you're writing for people and the different things you're putting there. He said, I'd love, I'd, I'd love to write with you and, and, and you know, 20 songs later, and I think I've had yeah, I've had about 18 songs on his album now, and I think five of them have been number one. Um, you know, and I've got to I've, I've got to sit in the studio on two of Lee's albums and play guitar on those albums too. You know, it's just amazing experience. That opened up that opened up a lot a lot of doors for me as a writer, and then and then um, yeah, and then people. I guess it's like it in any business. Once you get a few uh, a few runs on the board, people take you a bit more serious. Mm-hmm. Now, you, given yeah. you've had so many uh, co-writers, do you tell each of them that they're your favourite? No, never, never. <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't. No, 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 I, I don't tell anyone that it's my favourite, you know. And the thing is, it's, it, and it's not really, I do have a lot of co-writers, but they're artists. They're not just co-writers. We don't just sit right. down to write a song. Yeah. We, we sit down with a purpose. Like I've been writing with Jane Denham for her next album. Right. And and there's a purpose there. There's a there's a there's a purpose. But Jane will come to me for a certain style of song because I wrote Addicted to the Diesel and I wrote Wanted, the recent single. Um, it's that kind of sound, that that sort of tough, tough sort of country sound that she wanted, and that's what I can. Even though I don't do that with my Australiana stuff, obviously, that mm-hmm. I do myself. Um, I guess I'm. I, yeah, she wanted a certain style. And Travis is the same when he's writing, you know, Travis Collins or, or Amber or, or whoever, you know, um, Drew McAllister, all those guys, there's, there's a certain thing that I bring to the table. But then you'll see on all their albums, they've got other writers on their albums too. Mm. So, cause, because you've got to have a bit of versatility on your album, you know. Yeah. So they go to different writers and they go, oh, this sounds like something that Matt could probably help me out on. Yeah. And that's sort of the way it works. 
But still, as you said, they're artists. And so I would imagine part of your skill is being able to step into their shoes as an artist so that you can write a song that works for them. And then that's a really particular skill. Absolutely. Well, that's because I've been an artist for so long and I get, and I get, um, I get what they're after. I understand what they're after. And the question I always ask before we even start writing a song is, what are you missing from your new album? Right. What are you missing? What do you need? Because there's no point writing a um, writing an upbeat upbeat song about um, about 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 a weekend bender mm-hmm. if you've already got that style of song on there. Yeah. What haven't what what haven't you got lyrically or thematically? What haven't you got? And what haven't you got style, musically stylistically? Because yeah. you want to they're they're the questions. And I think about that. Even with my album, um, which I'm going to be recording soon on your album, um, I've I've, uh, I've I've pretty much got all the songs written now. But when I'm, I often stare at those 10, 11 songs that I've got written down there, and I and I and I picture them in my mind how they're going to work, and thematically and stylistically, what kind of a journey am I giving the listener when they're listening to my album? You know, and you know, do I have too much of something, or am I missing something? Yeah, right. Now, to come back to where we started, From the Ashes is from Ozzy As Volume 2, and as I said at the top, I presume that's because Ozzy As Volume 1 was so successful that you needed a Volume 2. Um, so I, was that the case? Did we just touring it around you thought, oh, there's more I can do here? No, I'll tell you how it came. My wife actually came up with the idea. So we're sitting there. I had Ozzy As out, and then, um, and then I couldn't put it, put it this way, Ozzy As, is, is the name of the song on the album, right? Mm-hmm. So it was easy to go, Aussie as, and Aussie as encapsulated what, ca- encapsulates what the whole album is about, first album. Come album two, I was looking at the 11 titles that I had on the album, and they're all good titles, but I didn't, there wasn't one title on there that really encapsulated what the album was about, you know? So my, my wife just turned around and said, what about just calling Aussie as volume two? And at first I brushed that off and went, no, nah, that's silly. And then I thought about it and I come back to her and she just nodded her head and went, I told you. <laughs> and she was right. She was exactly right. And, and, and it was, now I'm not going to call the next album Ozio Volume 2. <laughs> I've done my, but, 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 but the next album is definitely more of the same, but some extra. Yeah, it's a, when I mean more of the same, it's not rehashing what I've already done. Mm-hmm. It's just more, it's more, um, yeah, just just more things that I see when I travel and people I meet. And it's, it's just more about this beautiful country that we're fortunate enough to live in and the crazy characters to call at home. Yeah. Now you work with Shane Nicholson as producer on the previous album for From the Ashes. He was he produced that song. Are you working with him again on the next one? Shane's been back. Sorry, your sound dropped out there a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I, sorry, your sound dropped out. But I think you said yes. <laughs> yes, no, no, absolutely, I did. Yeah, no, I, I love working with Shane. I've already booked him in the Shane, and uh, no, no, he he's definitely a magician. He gets he gets where I'm at, and uh, no, he 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 sprinkles his magic over my songs, which I which I really really appreciate. Uh, I think because he's an artist as well, he's great at identifying what's unique and 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 fantastic about each artist he's working with, and making sure that that comes to the forefront in the recordings. He is, and and he doesn't let the music get in the way of the story. 
and uh, you know you, you, you work with some people and they're not they're not they're not thinking about you they're thinking about themselves when they're playing and Shane Shane's always about the song and he's always about about making that song shine you know and and that's what you wanted to produce you don't want you don't want to produce the ego to come into it you just don't want that you want it you want it to be you know you're paying them to bring your music because there's, there's something they can do that you can't do so you want that uh, you've got the songs. You just need them songs to to shine when they're on radio, you know. And uh, and that's what you so Shane Shane's very very good at that. But I'd suggest that that's the same thing you do when you're writing with other people as well. You want the song to shine. You're not trying to put your individual stamp on it, even though you said. Uh, artists might approach you for what you can bring to the song. I I would think just listening to songs that you've written for other people, you really, well, my impression is you have a mindset of serving the song first more than anything. Well, that's very well put, Percy, serving the song. That's exactly what it's all about. And But, you know, I'll often say to the artists that I'm writing, sometimes I might come up with a really zany line that I can bring up. I'll get really excited and I'll write the line down. And then I often say to them, you know, look, would you say that? And sometimes they go, you know what, that's a really cool line, but I just don't think I'd say that. Cool, all right, move on. I'll keep that line for, for myself or something, you know. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's got to be authentic and it's, it's got to be sincere. The artist, the artist has to be able to sell it, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you're writing with artists that have been around for a while. They've already got half a dozen albums out and they've got a big fan base. Now, most artists, when they bring out a new album, they do want to keep, they do want to keep what they've got, but they want to take it to another level. They want to take it to the next level. So that might be adding a little, something a little bit new to it, spicing it up with a new spice they haven't used before, you know, um, but they've still got to service their old fan base. So the good artists, the good artists sometimes, I often say this, the really good artists, they sometimes don't know what they want to say, but they know what they don't want to say. So you're already 50% there, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and um, so you've just got to find something that they want to say then, you know, or, or you know, well, hopefully they've already got an idea and then you work on that. But, um, yeah, it's a funny thing. You don't always know what you want, but you know what you don't want. Right. Um, yeah. Now, this sort of wisdom and experience is obviously, you, you know, you said you're running some songwriting courses. So these are, are these are these available to the public? Can people go to your website and and sign up for these courses? They certainly can. If they, if they just go to uh, mattscullionmusic.com. Great. And you'll find, uh, you just go into the, into the menu and you'll find all different things that I do. And there I take people out on camping trips too and all different stuff that I do different shows and stuff but it's, it's called uh yeah it's just an online songwriting tuition so they can go on there and just read up all about that and uh if they're if they're interested they can just uh yeah send me a send me an email and we'll and we'll chat more well because i would imagine that is a golden opportunity to learn from a master of the craft uh but matt i should let you go i've had you talking for ages i could probably keep you talking for another hour about your songwriting but uh you do have to get on the road to queensland so it was lovely to talk to you about from the ashes and your other songs and i look forward to the next album well thank you so much for your time Sophie. and it's great to uh great to meet you and and to and to be on your show thanks thanks 
Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.